With Joe Biden as the likely Democratic Party's presidential nominee, it's time we examine Sleepy Joe's history on abortion and abortion-related events. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Welcome to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you and your family are doing well. I hope your career and your uh, is beginning to thrive again and that your business is back on its feet or that you're enjoying your summer as a student. And thank you for tuning in to Unaborted. This episode is going to be a little bit more of an unfiltered version because I just kind of want to go through Joe Biden's political history as it pertains to abortion. Barring someone else coming out of left field to steal the Democratic Party's presidential nomination, it seems fairly apparent at this point that Joe Biden will indeed be the presidential nominee. And due to the bombastic nature and the controversial nature of President Trump's character and personality, there are many Christians who are more than happy to consider voting for Joe Biden. Some of them have already determined that they will vote for whoever the Democratic Party nominee is simply because they hate Trump so much and they don't like his tweets and they don't like his historic comments on women or how he's treated women, despite the fact that there's a fairly credible sexual assault allegation against Joe Biden right now from Tara Reid that maybe you haven't heard about uh, if you only watch CNN. Uh, but putting that aside, many even personally pro-life Christians who were turned off by the president would consider voting for Joe Biden. And I find that extremely disturbing and problematic. So I wanted to take this episode to tell you why, to go through what we know about Joe Biden, who's been in the Senate and been in political life full time since before many of you were born who were listening to this, certainly well before I was born. We're talking early 70s. So it's important for us to know exactly who this man is. And this is an important episode for you to share with others who are maybe not particularly tuned in to the political aspects of our country, certainly as it pertains to the issue of abortion. So who is Joe Biden? Well, he is abortion crazy kook. That's who he is. He's about as pro-abortion of a politician as you can find. So I want to start by going through his voting record. And you can find all this information online on, on the issues, which put the political history of candidates and politicians as it pertains to all the different political issues. And so strictly speaking on abortion, let's just start going through his voting record. In March 2008, Joe Biden voted no on defining unborn children as eligible for state children's health insurance program, which if you listened to the episode last week, you're fully aware of why that would be, because acknowledging the reality of the child in the womb destroys your ability to maintain a coherent pro-choice position. So like we talked about last week, you simply filter out of recognition the humanity of children in the womb. In March 2008, same month, Joe Biden voted no on prohibiting minors crossing state lines for abortion. So he's perfectly happy to do whatever is necessary to bend over backwards to ensure that children who are likely getting an abortion without telling their parents can leave the state and do it without telling their parents. In April of 2007, Joe Biden voted yes on expanding research to more embryonic stem cell lines. 
And harvesting embryonic stem cell lines requires killing the embryo, as does embryonic stem cell research. To get those embryonic stem cells, you have to kill the embryo, the child, the baby in the womb. In July 2006, Joe Biden voted no on notifying parents of minors who get out-of-state abortions, right? Goes along with the same crossing state lines for an abortion. Now, of course, you can't get freaking Advil or painkillers over the counter at your public high school without parental consent if you're a minor. But if you want to kill your parent's grandchild, go for it. You shouldn't have to be required to tell your parents. In March of 2005, Joe Biden voted yes on uh, $100 million to reduce teen pregnancy by education and contraceptives. Now, that might sound good, but you we have to break down exactly what that means because firstly, by education, he's referring to state education. <laughs> and we know that in many states, the state education as it pertains to sexual education is very problematic. In my home state of California, it's about as debauched as it could get. In fact, our uh, Ken doll of a mayor I'm sorry, Governor uh, Gavin Newsom allowed Planned Parenthood to help co-write the sexual education bill that will be in public high schools beginning in grade school. And it's incredibly edgy and it includes no type of education on abstinence being the best way to avoid sexually transmitted diseases, of that just being a recommended method. No, they assume that children will be sexually active, and so they give them guidelines on how to be sexually active. So when you talk about money going towards education and teen pregnancy, it depends on the state that that education is happening in. If it's a bluer state, it's going to be at odds with the type of sexual education many parents and families would feel comfortable with. And when some of that money goes towards contraceptives, unfortunately, we have to define what contraceptives means because historically speaking, contraception actually meant prevention. Contraceptives were things that were taken to prevent pregnancy. That's wrapped up in the definition of contraception. But the left has hijacked the word contraception so that when they use the word contraception, it is sometimes often referring to the birth control pill, which if it fails could cause early abortions, or to the actual abortion pill, RU486, or to the morning after pill, which can, if fails can prevent implantation of the newly conceived baby of human being. So $100 million he voted for in March 2005 to go to sexual education and contraceptives. In March of 2004, Joe Biden voted no on criminal penalties for harming unborn children during other crimes. So if you're committing a crime and a pregnant woman gets injured in the process, it does, even if you didn't intend that, you can be charged with that crime for harming the child. But of course, just as we talked about last week and just for the same reason that he didn't want to define unborn children as eligible for state children's health insurance, he can't say that if you unintentionally harm an unborn child during another crime, you should be charged for that crime because the unborn child's not a person. It's just a lump of non-person tissue. And acknowledging that there should be crimes involved with harming that child is an acknowledgement that it is a child and a human being with intrinsic dignity. In June 2000, Joe Biden voted no on maintaining the ban on military-based abortions. So more abortions, we need to kill more babies. And in February 1998, Joe Biden voted no on banning human cloning. Now, human cloning obviously has a lot of ethical concerns and concerns that any American should take issue with. 
But human cloning often involves the destruction of that cloned human being before birth, because many times human cloning is just being done for experimental reasons. So when they succeed in cloning a human, uh, basically in vitro fertilization, but with a skin cell and an egg, oftentimes they abort that early human cloned baby. So there's a lot of ethical dilemmas that go into human cloning as well. So that's Joe Biden's voting record. <laughs> and it is problematic and troubling to put uh, lightly. So we're going to get to more of his abortion-related actions and words and the kind of people that he affiliates in just one second. But first, we're offering a new feature here at Unaborted. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your questions related to the issue of abortion, politics, faith, the culture, and anything that I haven't covered in the show yet that you want to hear more questions about or a specific interaction you had and how you can interact with someone in a conversation on abortion. So if you have any questions, email those to unaborted at sethgruber.com. That is unaborted at sethgruber.com. And we'll be right back with a whole lot more. Welcome back to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. So let's get to a little bit more of Joe Biden's political history as it pertains to abortion. He has said and done and affiliated with a lot of people and done a lot of disgusting things because clearly he is an abortion crazy kook. The guy loves him some abortion and he loves the way that it enables him to pander to those whose votes he wants. So in June 2004, Biden signed a letter from 58 senators to President Bush at the time urging the expansion of the federal policy for embryonic stem cell research, which I alluded to just a couple minutes ago, and the ethical dilemmas involved with embryonic stem cell research, because in order to perform research on the embryonic stem cells, which are the stem cells of little babies, because an embryo is simply a term that refers to a human being at a very early stage in their physical development, requires killing the baby to get those stem cells. And from a purely utilitarian perspective, embryonic stem cell research has been unsuccessful in treating or curing any types of ailments, disorders, or diseases. Meanwhile, adult stem cells have been successfully used to treat or cure over 70 different types of diseases and ailments. And yet the left continues to insist that we need to kill more babies to research whether embryonic stem cells can be used to cure or help others. In his 2012 vice presidential debate on October 11, 2012, this is what Joe Biden said. The next president will get one or two Supreme Court nominees. That's how close Roe v. Wade is. Just ask yourself, with Robert Bork being the chief advisor on the court for Mitt Romney, who do you think he's likely to appoint? Do you think he's likely to appoint someone far right that would outlaw abortion? I suspect that would happen. I guarantee you that will not happen with Obama. We picked people who are open-minded. They've been good justices. Okay, well, all that euphemistic gymnastic means is that we're going to use abortion as a litmus test for our Supreme Court nominees. That's what that means. And he describes those who are opposed to abortion as far right which is hilarious and ironic because prior to the 70s and certainly prior to the 60s, the Democratic Party was largely pro-life. They certainly weren't the party of abortion. There was certainly room for pro-life Democrats. In fact, most of them were not pro-choice or pro-abortion. Were they far right? Well, according to Joe Biden, they were. That's how devoted he is to abortion. 
In a 2007 South Carolina Democratic primary debate on MSNBC on April 26, Biden was asked when he was running for president, as president, would you have a specific litmus test question on Roe v. Wade that you would ask of your nominees for the high court? And he answered, I strongly support Roe versus Wade. I wouldn't have a specific question, but I would make sure that the people I sent to be nominated for the Supreme Court shared my values. <laughs> okay, so you're not going to specifically ask, are you a pro-abortion hack? But you're going to get them to acknowledge that and understood that there is a right to privacy in the United States Constitution. He's meaning the right to privacy equals the right to kill babies in the womb. That's why I led the fight to defeat Robert Bork, Roberts, Alito and Thomas. So all of the Supreme Court justices or uh, potential nominees who would have posed a threat to Roe versus Wade. And then he was asked this question just recently in February of 2020 regarding whether he would use abortion as a litmus test. Um, and so this is just this year, of course, at, at, while he's running for president. And uh, here's that interaction. Would there be a litmus test on abortion? If you say the rest of what I said, I said that we're going to not appoint anyone who did not have a view that unenumerated rights existed in the Constitution. That's not a specific test. It's a generic test. And... Only way, the only reason women have the right to choose is because it's determined that there's unenumerated rights coming from the Ninth Amendment in the Constitution. That's what I said. And I was, I was part of the reason why Elena Kagan, who worked for me, got on the Supreme Court. I was part of the reason why Ruth Bader Ginsburg is on the court. I was part of the reason why Sotomayor is on the court, and she swore me in. So there you have it. He's not going to come right out and say, yes, we're going to ask Supreme Court nominees, are you a pro-abortion hack? Will you promise now before the American public to do everything in your power to protect Roe versus Wade? <laughs> he's not going to say that he would ask that type of question, but that's basically what he's saying, right? He said, we would not appoint anyone who did not have a view that enumerated rights existed in the Constitution, which is rights based off of other natural rights protected in the Constitution that they enumerate out from those rights to make the argument that these rights are included in natural rights. So he's making the argument that the right to privacy leads to the right to abortion. But then he continues and says, and the only reason that women have the right to choose is because it's determined that there are enumerated rights coming from the Ninth Amendment. So he links the enumerated rights in the Ninth Amendment to abortion and then says we would not appoint anyone who did not have a view that enumerated rights existed in the Constitution. So again, uh, a bunch of linguistic gymnastics to say, yes, abortion would be a litmus test for me. In June of 2019, Joe Biden flipped on his support of the Hyde Amendment shortly after he announced his campaign for president. And he has supported the Hyde Amendment for nearly his entire political career. Now, the Hyde Amendment, if you're not aware, is what keeps taxpayer dollars from funding the abortion industry. The tragedy and sort of the, the tragic irony of the whole situation is that we do fund the abortion industry. Planned Parenthood gets almost $600,000 a year, over half a billion dollars a year from tax dollars. But then the federal government just says, okay, but don't use it for abortion, okay? Okay, yeah, well, money's fungible, okay? If you have $20 and you want to buy a video game and a pizza, but you have $20 so you can't buy both, and then I give you $20, now you have $40, now you can buy both, which $20 did you use on the pizza? I don't know. I let you buy both because money's fungible. You can just move it around. So functionally, we are funding the abortion industry, but the Hyde Amendment keeps them from explicitly funding abortion. And this was always a fairly bipartisan issue 
um, in the early years of Roe versus Wade. And it became more and more of a partisan issue over the decades to the point now that if you say that you uh, are opposed, that you uh, support the Hyde Amendment, rather, you support keeping taxpayer dollars from funding the abortion industry, the Democratic Party tells you the same thing that they tell pro-life Democrats functionally, which is get the hell out of town. It's become a partisan issue. And in June 2019, here is Joe Biden flipping on the Hyde Amendment right after he announces his campaign for president. It's almost as if he had to conform to every leftist ideological checkbox. A former Vice President Joe Biden reversing his stance on the controversial Hyde Amendment. Uh, here's Biden last night, so take a listen. For many years as U.S. Senator, I have uh, I've supported the Hyde Amendment like many, many others have. Because... There was sufficient monies and circumstances where women were able to exercise that right. If I believe health care is a right, as I do, I can no longer support an amendment that makes that right dependent on someone's zip code. Yay, Joe Biden thinks just like us. Welcome to leftist groupthink. <laughs> and this is the, largely the goal of left, right? It's ideological uniformity. And if you don't conform to their positions on all things, then they will attack you and discredit you in the political sphere. So let's continue. In June of 2019, so the same month as he flipped on the Hyde Amendment after he announced his campaign for president, at a Planned Parenthood forum, Joe Biden said that he would codify Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey into federal law because of the fears that President Trump would get enough Supreme Court justices in to pose a challenge to Roe v. Wade and that if it was overturned on the federal level, then it would go back to the states and that's bad. So we need to codify it into federal law. And here is Joe Biden pledging his support to do that as well. A situation where I would codify Roe v. Wade as, 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 as defined by Casey. It should be the law, and there's no reason why, if the Supreme Court makes a judgment that everybody's worried about with these appeals going to the Supreme Court, that it changed, I would codify Roe v. Wade and Casey. So there you go. Just one thing after another. I mean, he has become the left's candidate. Now, they probably would prefer someone else because Joe Biden's probably going to kick it pretty soon, um, in which case he'll probably elect a younger vice president woman who would then take the place as president. But either way, he's pledging his full fealty to abortion and to the Democratic Party platform, which is that abortion is a natural right and that it has to be protected by the government. In August 2011, at Sichuan University, which is a Chinese university, Joe Biden spoke to a group of Chinese university students on population control and outright refused to condemn China's one-child policy. In fact, he said he fully understood it. The one-child policy, which was enacted in 1980 and wasn't lifted until 2015, which resulted in over 400 million abortions, most of them forced, because you can't have more than one child, and over 100 million women forcibly sterilized by the government, and other children who weren't aborted, and they represented the second child in the family, and so they were taken away by the government. China, one of the most evil regimes in modern history, and of course, in our time, responsible for the widespread um, nature of COVID-19 as well. An evil, evil communist regime. And Joe Biden says he fully understands murdering 400 million children in the womb and forcibly sterilizing over 100 million women. Here's Biden. A similar concern here in China. You have no safety net. 
Your policy has been one which I fully understand, I'm not second-guessing, of one child per family. There it is. I'm not second-guessing. I fully understand that policy of one child per family. And of course, resorting to the euphemistic doublespeak as usual, because one child policy means murder all of the other children that exceed one. So we're going to continue with Joe Biden with his pro-abortion ratings, his botched version of Catholicism and more. But first, if you like this show and want to hear more great content and commentary from the front lines of the pro-life movement and the abortion wars, then head on over to patreon.com slash unaborted and become a patron of the show. It's just really what helps us expand the production value of the show to move to multiple episodes a week and to engage the public through interviews where we take that pro-life content into the public square and we challenge people to reconsider their positions by examining evidence that they haven't seen or heard before. And that's what we're about here. We want to change minds, change hearts and save lives and equip you to do the same. As I always say, Greg Cunningham once said that there are more people working full-time to kill babies than there are working full-time to save them. That's because killing babies is very profitable while saving them is very costly. Help us in that endeavor to change minds, change hearts and save lives and reach more young people and Christians and parents and families with this pro-life content. Head on over to patreon.com slash unaborted to become a patron of the show at 5, 10, 15, 20 bucks a month. It really means a lot. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. Welcome to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in. Now, if you're not already fully convinced that it is a moral wrong to vote for Joe Biden, then um, hold on to your horses. Now, of course, if you're listening to the show, you probably already believe that, but I want you to be able to have information to be equipped to share with others who might be considering Joe Biden, who might say that they're pro-life or personally pro-life, and they just don't like Trump's bombastic nature, and so maybe I'll vote for Joe Biden. I want to make the case that that is a moral wrong, just like it would be a moral wrong to vote for a politician who promised to, I don't know, legalize infanticide, legalize spousal abuse, re-legalize slavery and lynchings. If you believe in human equality, then human value and a right to life have to be granted to all humans. And therefore, if we are truly equal as human beings, then we're equal from the moment we're humans, which would be the moment of conception. So therefore, it would be just as wrong to vow to protect the legal killing of children in the womb as it would be to kill anyone outside the womb. And I'm going to continue making that case now. So what is the abortion industry and the other abortion crazy kooks who profit off of the slaughter of children think about Joe Biden? Well, Planned Parenthood in 2008 gave him a 100% approval rating. Now, when he was supporting the Hyde Amendment, his ratings went up and down because of that. And after reversing his support of the Hyde Amendment, they basically all gone back up to 100% because the abortion industry wants someone who thinks and looks just like them. How about NARAL, the National Abortion Rights Action League Pro-Choice America? In 2006, they gave Joe Biden a 100% approval rating. And Elise Hogue, the president of NARAL, said, We're pleased that Joe Biden has joined the rest of the 2020 Democratic field in coalescing around the party's core values, <clears throat> vices, support for abortion rights. The National Organization for Women, only born once, said in 2008 that Joe Biden had a 100% approval rating. Okay, so the guy is an abortion crazy kook, and he is aiming and setting his sights for the White House and as long as he is the most viable candidate, the Democratic Party is going to help him try to get there because abortion has become integral to freedom itself for the left and the Democratic Party. Moving on, Joe Biden has long said that he is a Catholic. 
and he respects the Catholic Church. He is a devoted and religious Catholic, but that he doesn't believe that his religious belief should be imposed legislatively on the American public, which calls into question whether he believes those beliefs are objective or not, because <laughs> if they're objectively true, particularly as it pertains to human rights, then you would think those would be policies that you would want to seek to enshrine in law. Joe Biden, in a 2015 interview with America, a Jesuit-run outlet, said, I'm prepared to accept that at the moment of conception, there's a human life and being, okay? But I'm not prepared to say that to other God-fearing and non-God-fearing people that have a different view. Abortion is always wrong. That's what he said. All the principles of my faith, which I make no excuse for attempting to live up to, I don't all the time, but I'm not prepared to impose doctrine I, uh, that I'm prepared to accept on the rest of the country. <laughs> so basically, he has the same view of truth that Anthony Kennedy does, which is, if it's true for you, it's true for me, and what's true for me is true for me, and so whatever. I mean, just invent your own truth. Mold it out of clay. Have fun. Very disturbing stuff. Very disturbing stuff. To admit that abortion is always wrong, which is strong language coming from a pro-abortion Democrat, but to maintain that position nonetheless is morally atrocious. And imagine... If a politician spoke that way about any other moral issue, imagine if Joe Biden said, slavery is always wrong. All the principles of my faith, which I make no excuse for attempting to live up to, but I'm not prepared to impose that doctrine on the rest of the country. <laughs> I'm prepared to accept that, at the, that all uh, African-Americans are human beings, but I'm not prepared to say that to other God-fearing and non-God-fearing people. <laughs> I mean, he would be dismissed from the Democratic Party so quickly. Because we're supposed to believe that, right, they're the anti-racist party. Um, but if it comes to abortion, then that view is perfectly tenable. And this was the view that was popular, popularized by Mario Cuomo, the former governor of New York and the father of Andrew Cuomo, the current governor of New York. And he pulled the same shtick, which is that I'm a Catholic. I believe abortion's wrong, but I'm not going to impose that on other people who don't think like me. So is abortion wrong purely because the Catholic Church says it's wrong? No, it's wrong because it's objectively wrong, and the Catholic Church accepts the biological realities that human life begins at the moment of conception. In fact, in October of 2019, LifeSite News covered the fact that a Catholic priest denied Joe Biden communion because he was an abortion-crazy kook. The article says Biden, 76, was refused communion by Father Robert Morey at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Florence, South Carolina during Sunday morning mass. Sadly, this past Sunday, I had to refuse Holy Communion to former Vice President Joe Biden. The priest subsequently told the Florence Morning News. Holy Communion signifies that we are one with God, each other, and the church. He continued, our action should reflect that. Any public figure who advocates for abortion places himself or herself outside of church te teaching. That is darn right. And yet Joe Biden, for his entire career, has pretended to masquerade as a faithful Catholic while having actual, actual policy and political blood on his hands that, that directly correlates to more babies who have been killed because of his abortion activism as a politician. And as Joe Biden alluded to in some of the clips we played, he also fought against certain Supreme Court nominations of judges who were more of the conservative bent, who were more of the uh, originalist intent, meaning that they interpreted the Constitution in much the same ways that Christians interpret the Bible, which is what is the original meaning of the text and treating it somewhat like a sacred 
document. And so Joe Biden fought against the Robert Bork and Clarence Thomas confirmation to the Supreme Court over concerns that they would overturn abortion. Clarence Thomas, of course, being on the Supreme Court, an African-American man who's probably the most pro-life justice, and Robert Bork, who never became a Supreme Court justice, largely thanks to the efforts of Biden and other Democratic hacks who sought to prevent his confirmation to the Supreme Court. And so the Robert Bork hearings were happening in 1987, and Joe Biden was along with those who voted against and argued against his confirmation. And in a strange inversion of reality and strange irony that's hard to make up in today's political discourse, Biden appealed actually to natural law while arguing against Robert Bork's confirmation to the Supreme Court. Natural law, the idea that our rights don't stem from government, they're not created by government. Rather, we have, we have certain natural rights, namely the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and property that spring from our very humanity as image bearers of God, and that government is created to protect those rights. And that is the sole aim of government. That, that is the idea of natural rights. Clearly, if you're not seeing where this line of reasoning is going, if the right to life is the most natural right, then you have to be pro-life. <laughs> and yet, in large part, to keep Robert Bork from getting on the Supreme Court because of concerns that he would vote pro-life, Joe Biden, ironically, appeals to natural rights in his speech opposing the confirmation of Robert Bork to the Supreme Court. Here's what he said. As a child of God, I believe my rights are not derived from the Constitution, right? That's a natural rights idea. My rights are not derived from any government. My rights are not derived from any majority. My rights are because I exist. Interesting. They were given to me and each of my fellow citizens by our creator, and they represent the essence of human dignity. They come from our creator. They spring from our humanity as image bearers of God. These rights exist because I exist, which begs the question, if your natural rights, primarily the right to life, exist because you exist, then doesn't it follow that they exist when you exist? Doesn't it follow that those rights that you claim are objective exist when you begin to exist? And when do you begin to exist, Joe Biden? At the moment of conception. <laughs> so Joe Biden, uh, in a miscarriage of logic, in a miscarriage of natural law, uses natural law to fight against the confirmation of Robert Bork because Robert Bork would probably have acknowledged natural rights, namely the right to life that ought to be granted to children in the womb. Unbelievable. And then Joe Biden, very popular for his role in trying to prevent the confirmation of Clarence Thomas to the Supreme Court in 1991. And that is when his hearings happened, I believe, over about a 10-day period. Biden voted against and argued against his confirmation as he did with Robert Bork. And there's a new Clarence Thomas documentary from PBS entitled Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in His Own Words. And... In the documentary, after being asked about the former senators, Joe Biden's questioning on Thomas's view of natural law, right, which we just talked about, Clarence Thomas responded and said, quote, I have no idea what he was talking about. I understood what he was trying to do. I didn't really appreciate it, he said. Natural law was nothing more than a way of tricking me into talking about abortion. So Clarence Thomas says that in the high-tech lynching that Joe Biden and the Democratic Party attempted to pull off to prevent Clarence Thomas from getting on the Supreme Court, that their strategy of questioning him on natural law was an attempt to expose his pro-life positions, which strangely enough, 
Democrats think are an, the antithesis of natural law. They actually believe that the right to abortion is a natural right. And Hadley Arks, who we talked a little bit about uh, last week, talks about the uh, moral inability to make a case for abortion from natural rights. He points out that if abortion is a natural right, then it stems from your humanity. As Joe Biden says, my rights exist because I exist. So if the right to abortion is itself a natural right, then the right to abortion existed from the moment that women existed, namely the moment of conception, which leads to the illogical conclusion that preborn women have a right to abortion, but not a right to life. <laughs> that an unborn fetus has the right to an abortion, but she herself does not possess a right to life. Absolutely ludicrous. And Clarence Thomas was very clear in this documentary that he knew Joe Biden was asking him about natural law as a way of tricking him into talking about abortion, which would have prevented, presented the Democratic Party the perfect opportunity to discredit him and prevent his confirmation by going to other senators and saying, we can't vote for Clarence Thomas because he'll help overturn Roe v. Wade. Look at all of the actions Joe Biden has taken to protect abortion and further increase the murder of the unborn. Absolutely despicable. The last thing I want to talk about with Joe Biden is this idea between personal integrity and policy integrity. Now, ideally, we always want our politicians to have both, right? The true statesman always has both. He has personal integrity in the way he conducts himself in his personal life, but because he's an integritous human being. He's a consistent human being and how he implies that integrity in all spheres of his life, which would bleed over into politics as well. That's the true statesman, right? But unfortunately, right, we're not perfect. We're fallen human beings. We're sinful. And it seems like we have a lot more of those kind of human beings as politicians today. Sometimes it is helpful to draw a distinction between personal integrity and policy integrity. Again, it's not ideal, um, but it can be a helpful distinction when we discuss politics in America. For example, President Trump doesn't have a ton of personal integrity. We know that he has had multiple marriages, children with multiple women. It seems like slept around a lot. Allegations that he paid off a porn star, which recently seems to be debunked. Uh, long, troubling history with women and how he's talked about women. So clearly, we know President Trump doesn't have maybe the type of personal integrity that we would like from our politicians, and that we, re we really should expect and demand from our politicians, right? But that there can be a difference between that and policy integrity. And I think President Trump actually is the perfect example of this. He may not have a ton of personal integrity, at least throughout his life. Maybe he has a lot more now. But a case could easily be made that the way he talks to people, the way he goes after people on Twitter, that he doesn't have a lot of personal integrity. But he has a lot of policy integrity. The policies he's passed on behalf of the pro-life movement and unborn children, on behalf of freedom, on behalf of federalism, on behalf of less government, on behalf of the economy, on behalf of poor families who have lower tax rates, right? On behalf of black America with the lowest unemployment rate ever prior to COVID-19. He has a lot of policy integrity. And he was willing to try to oppose and overturn certain harmful policies from the Obama era and pass new ones that gave more freedom back into the hands of Americans. Okay, now let's look at Joe Biden. One could argue that he does have a lot more personal integrity in his personal life. Again, I hate to draw the distinction. I know they bleed over. But a lot of people have said that Joe Biden 
has been a fairly bipartisan figure in the sense that he was always willing to work with people across the aisle. He, he's talked this up in himself about he's, how he's willing to work about with people across the aisle, that he was always kind to other Republican senators and legislators and representatives. He had good relationships, like actual friendships with people in the Republican Party. So, okay, so let's say Joe Biden has maybe more personal integrity in his personal life than President Trump. But compare that to his policy integrity. Well, we just went through his policy integrity, right? It's a bunch of bleep. It's a bunch of BS. He's not even willing to condemn the forced sterilizations of 100 million Chinese women and over 400 million murdered children in the womb by the Chinese government. And he's willing to uniformly endorse the progressive creed at every leftist turning point that abortion is reproductive health care, reproductive justice, and women's rights atrocious, disgusting. He has actual blood on his hands from the increased number of children who have been able to be killed and aborted because of his policies and his political pandering on behalf of the abortion rights movement. I would prefer to have someone with little personal integrity, but with massive policy integrity. Why? Because the policy integrity affects over 300 million Americans, doesn't it? The born Americans, not to mention the 1 million unborn Americans who are killed every year with the nodding approval of Joe Biden. I understand we should demand and expect both personal and policy integrity from our politicians, but it can be a helpful um, point to acknowledge. So for personally pro-life Christians or for Christians who are on the fence about abortion— but they feel drawn to Joe Biden because he just seems like a grandfatherly nice kind of man who's not as rude and bombastic as Trump. The question you have to ask yourself and that we as pro-lifers should pose to those in our lives is what is worse? What is worse? Some personal integrity problems with massive political integrity or massive perhaps personal integrity but massive – policy, uh, lack of policy integrity that sanctions the slaughter of unborn children in the womb. And I'm just talking about abortion, right? Not to mention all of the other leftist policy checkboxes that Joe Biden will happily check on behalf of the Democratic Party, which of course would be removing parental rights. It would be going after homeschool families. It would be removing familial rights for children who think that they're the other gender. It would mean taking those children away from families. It would mean tax dollars funding gender transition surgeries. I mean, every leftist wishless item Joe Biden is also going to hop onto as well. What's worse, some nasty tweets and personal integrity problems from Trump, a massive policy integrity, or some personal integrity in Joe Biden, but massive lack of policy integrity. In fact, policies that are morally evil and should have discredited discredited him as a politician decades ago. I think this is a, uh, a helpful point to acknowledge when we talk about our politicians. Joe Biden is unfit for office because he doesn't believe in the founding ideals of our country, the natural rights that government was created to protect. And the first of those always has to be the right to life, which he's willing to deprive to 1 million unborn children every year. So share this with a friend. Think about these things. Share this with a pro-choice friend, uh, those friends who are personally pro-life, sort of, but maybe they're going to vote for Joe Biden because they just don't like Trump. These are important things for us to think about. Now you know we've pulled away the curtain. Joe Biden is in an abortion-crazy kook. Well, thanks for tuning in today, and head on over to iTunes, YouTube, Spotify. Give this show a rating and review. It really helps. 
share it with a friend, and let's get these pro-life ideas to more people. If you want to learn more and engage with me online, head on over to sethgruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy, E-R.com to sign up for my newsletter, training videos, see my speaking schedule, and follow me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube for more pro-life content and remain engaged in this pro-life movement. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. 